TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Welcome back. Hour number two of the huddle along with Pete Najarian. I am Dave Schwartz. Good to have you with us this morning. If you missed the first hour of our show, which included Ray Hitchcock, former NFLer, Super Bowl, I guess participant. He was on the Redskins, but he said he didn't play because he was, he was injured. Uh, and, and some of his fantastic stories. If you miss it in the first hour, make sure you go ahead and uh, listen to the podcast, which you can find on the Odyssey app or on anywhere you do get your podcast. That'll be up now. You can listen to all that back, and you can listen to all the good stuff we say in the second hour, but not until after the second hour happens. If you can listen to it now, let me know, because you know if I make any potential mistakes, that would be great to fix. Uh, Pete, we were going to talk about I, I had slated here. I'm going to call an audible uh, on, on Super Bowl Sunday because we're okay. going to talk about the Wild, but we will talk about them. Uh, Dane Minazani, who's the Wild beat writer for the St. Paul Pioneer Press, is going to join us at 1120. So we'll, we'll punt uh, on that one for just a minute. But I was just reading, looking on Instagram, as I, as I love to do, big Instagram guy, <laughs> um, Tom Pelissero posting, and I quote, the Packers are respecting Aaron Rodgers' need for time to decide his future, including a four-day darkness retreat that begins Monday. And if Rodgers comes to the team with a request to play elsewhere, sources say Green Bay is open to working with the four-time NFL MVP on a trade. There's a lot to unpack here, not the least of which is, what the heck is a darkness retreat? Um, it sounds wonderful, I'll be honest, but I, I like sunlight. And you'd think in Green Bay, isn't four days in Green Bay already a darkness retreat? It's always I, I, cold I, and gray up there. I would agree with you. Yeah. You know, Aaron, so, Aaron is a, he's an interesting guy, though, right? An interesting I mean, we, cat, yep. And how about how open he has been? I mean, it's, it's crazy to me how open he's been to all of us uh, through the Pat McAfee show and others where he is just out there letting people know exactly what he's up to at times when maybe maybe those are better things to keep personal. I don't know, but it, it, it makes him that much more intriguing. But I also wonder, does it make him more dangerous if you're one of the teams out there that's maybe considering him? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, do, do you want this is the question, right? And Aaron Rodgers, he while he's not the Aaron Rodgers of old, he's still got it, right? And I mean – if you look around the NFL, probably half of the quarterbacks, I'd say, am I right? I, you'd rather have Aaron Rodgers than maybe a quarter to half, right? I mean, certainly San Francisco wished they had him last year, right? And, and Brock Purdy played well. But, you know, as soon as, as we, as we predicted, Pete, the second he slipped up, they're done with him. So we'll see if he starts again next year. 
right. it, it's just interesting because there are some teams I think that are close that would probably like to have him. I know the Jets have been uh, have been yeah. um, rumored. I'm looking at a, a CBS Sports article right now. They have the Seahawks, 49ers, Buccaneers, Dolphins. I don't know about that one. Washington Commanders, Patriots. Titans, Raiders, and then the Jets are number one. Uh, I, I mean, I could certainly see the Jets because Zach Wilson's not the guy. Uh, the right. Raiders have clearly Derek Carr is not it, and they would love. I, I'm, I'm assuming Rodgers would love to reunite with Devonte Adams again. Titans mm-hmm. look good. What team in the NFL is close enough to putting it all together that is only missing one small piece, like an Aaron Rodgers? And would that team be willing to take on everything that he is? A guy who is very good on the field, also wants to host Jeopardy, also wants Mm -hmm. something called the Darkness Retreat. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Is he worth it? Is he worth it at this point in the career? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great question. I don't know that I have the perfect answer for that, but I think there are some good landing spots for him. And I'd even say that Aaron Rodgers – even with what he's had this year, when you consider the fact that he doesn't have the complement of a lot of the other positions other quarterbacks have. Um, right. When you look at all of that, I think that, you know, is I, I still view him as somebody who's probably somewhere within the, the top 10, actually. So it doesn't mean he's number one. It means he's probably right. closer to 10. But, but I think that the reality is when you do look at certain teams right now, some teams do make sense for both Aaron Rodgers and maybe a Derek Carr. On, on where they maybe should end up. And I look at the Jets, for instance. They've got two incredible receivers, a great running back that they drafted who got hurt early, but he's going to be a, an absolute beast, I think, in the NFL. They've got the defense already. So what are they missing? Well, they're missing a quarterback. And they also have to decide who really does well. Uh, you know, is Aaron Rodgers right for the New York scene? Because that is something that has to be considered. It is a yes. different world out there. And Great call. I think and I think the pressure that Derek Carr has had on him all these years, and people have really never given him the credit that he deserves, I actually think he could handle it because he's already been under fire so much for so many years in yeah. so many cities where the Raiders have traveled back and forth. So yeah. um, I, I think he's almost a better fit there. And I think that he could be unbelievable there under the right circumstances. So I actually look at Aaron Rodgers more as Las Vegas does make some sense, right? I, I think because he, he gets yeah. – back together with his receiver. Um, they've got a lot of talent on offense that he never had with Green Bay. On the other hand, their defense is somebody that is pretty much on the bottom part of just about every stat you can think of. So <laughs> he won't have the deep. They're going to have to outscore people like the Vikings. So, you know, yeah. they're, they could be 13 and three, but it might be uh, not by enough. You know, everybody was looking at those points against points for type thing. And you look over at the Vikings, you're like, these guys are 13 and three. Really? (laughs) (laughs) But you know, and that's that's where I think a team like the Raiders could end up as well, where it's going to be all about offense and, and what Aaron's able to do with the ball, if he were to land there. But I think those are, those are some of the spots. I think there are other places that potentially Uh, could be open. How about Tampa? You know, Uh, okay. Yep. Yep. As as good as Tampa is, and I think they're good. I don't think they're great. And they had a lot of injuries this year, which is what really, I think that the culmination of, of the first year being so great. And then the second year being pretty good. But the third year for Tom Brady was really rough because everybody was hurt. 
Tom spent a week off before the season even started yeah. and all the rest of it. And it just wasn't meant to be at all for, for the Buccaneers. But they're not that far away. They've got a lot of great tools on offense and defense. They just have to get healthy. And, you know, that could be another spot that actually fits pretty well for somebody who is willing to just have a quarterback for two years or maybe. Well, two. how about this? How about the yeah. 49ers? And, and I, yeah. uh, you know, in terms of money-wise, I'm not going to sit here and I don't know how all this matches up, but they have on the roster Brock Purdy, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Trey Lance. Yep. You mean to tell me now if if you are the 49ers, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I am dialing that phone immediately <laughs> and dealing one of those guys in addition to some other stuff, right? Maybe it's Garoppolo, maybe it's Purdy, maybe it's Trey Lance, maybe they don't. You know, it, Trey Lance is such an unknown at this point because he's dealt with with some of these injuries. Yeah. But that offense with Debo Samuel, with Christian oh. McCaffrey, yeah. uh, and and others. I mean, mm-hmm. he jumps in there immediately and and makes that team a Super Bowl contender for next year. I and totally again, agree. I totally yeah, I don't, area kid. He played yeah, I I don't know <laughs> how the salaries match up. But I, with, with all three of those guys on the roster, those quarterbacks, mm-hmm. and all three of them can play or back up in the NFL. We know that. We know that. Mm-hmm. If you can somehow, if you can do some picks and Brock Purdy for Aaron Rodgers, I mean, there's going to be more to it. But there's, and there's, if you could take a Mr. Irrelevant and package him for a multiple MVP Super Bowl <laughs> winner like Aaron Rodgers, what a deal. What a deal yeah. that would be. I am calling already if I'm the 49 I'm calling during his darkness retreat. I won't even FaceTime because he wants darkness, but I try to make that deal. I'm trying to make that deal, Pete. I think it, I think you're exactly right, and, and that's a deal that I think that actually could work in both directions yeah. for Green Bay, for instance. You, you know, you've got Jimmy G still, right? I mean, you're, you're going to do something with him, but you're not going to keep him, but – is he potentially trade bait? I I don't think Green Bay is happy with what their next position is underneath Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, despite the no. fact he was a first round. And they have a first round pick this year, and there and there's a ton of really good quarterbacks in the draft, so sure, they could potentially sure. get one back and still pick a quarterback if they want to at number fifteen. And here's the beauty of what you're saying. On top of it all, is Trey Lance. I love the kid to death, but here's here's the problem. He hasn't had the reps, and at some point he's got to get the reps. But you know what? It wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for him to stand behind Aaron Rodgers. Everybody knows the scenario at that point in time. Aaron's going to be here a year or two at the very, very most, and that gives Trey a little bit of chance to kind of get organized and get himself together and hopefully get away from these injuries. And a little bit of a difference on on offense where – Trey Lance can run the ball, but let's not call plays for him to run the ball. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I think yep, that's absolutely that the problem, and that was part of the injury issue. But you're right with with Christian McCaffrey. You've got Elijah Mitchell at running back. You got Debo Samuel who could play every position on the field. I mean, there's <laughs> they they and an offensive line, and maybe arguably right there with the best defenses in all of football. But they got to do it now. Because the clock starts ticking on a lot of these guys, and they get a little bit older, a little bit older. They got to get a quarterback, and I think Aaron Aaron Rodgers would be perfect there. It's just a matter of, and and by the way, they would understand Aaron Rodgers. They'd understand this darkness out there. On I know very well. They got plenty of sun out there. They got (laughs) so much they need darkness retreats. We have darkness retreats here. It's called winter. 
and, and, you know, I was born and raised out there, so I know the oddity of San Francisco and the Bay Area and how they think. And yeah. so he yeah. fits in. I mean, he's he's hey. part of it. So it's all perfect, actually. I've, I've been on a three-month darkness retreat. It's called Minnesota in the winter, although it's sun today, which I which we appreciate. Yep. Uh, speaking of clock ticking, the clock yeah. is ticking on the NHL trade deadline. It is coming up here in a little under three weeks. Coming up next, we will talk with Wild beat writer Dane Meduzani from the St. Paul Pioneer Press. We'll talk about the Wild's big win last night, what that means for the rest of this month, and what it could mean at the trade deadline coming up in the next few Weeks. We will do that next. You're listening to The Huddle on News Talk 830 WCCO. <laughs> it's always good when we bump back in with a little Metallica. Welcome back to The Huddle. 1123 on this Sunday morning. The Minnesota Wild get a huge win last night over the New Jersey Devils in a shootout. Dane Miduzani is the beat writer for the St. Paul Pioneer Press, joining us this morning on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Dane, thank you so much uh, for joining us this morning. I imagine it was a late night for you. Usually when it goes to overtime and shootouts, you have, what, two different articles going at that point, depending on what happens at the finish? Yeah. Yeah, it was definitely a late night, but, uh, you know, I, I think them getting the win was huge because uh, as well as they played, like they needed to walk away with that win yeah. or they would have been really upset post game. So yeah, uh, it, it worked out in the end. I was going to ask you when, when you talk to them after and these guys, you know, it's always a reminder, right? That these guys aren't robots. They're human beings. You know, that if, if you as a fan are feeling frustrated that there's not wins happening, you can only imagine what it's like to these guys who are in it every day. They don't play in a vacuum. It's a real world. They hear the jeers. Um, how relieved were guys on this team that they finally got one of these bounces to go their way? You could just feel it in the locker room post-game, and, and you could see it on the ice. Like, as soon as Ryan Hartman scored that goal, it seemed like everyone kind of just was able to take a breath. But I, I think what was most impressive to me throughout the last couple of weeks, because I guess the struggles even date back to before the All-Star break, Mm-hmm. is just how comfortable they have, have stayed or how confident and just, they haven't let the, the bad vibes kind of get to them. And then that's so important at this point in the season because um, this thing was snowballing. And then if you kind of just kind of dip your head and, and you dip your shoulders, uh, you're not going to be able to dig yourself out of it. So they, they were able to keep their heads high and, and obviously get a, a big win last night against one of the best teams in the league. Dane, first of all, uh, mahalo, and hope everything's going well. By the way, what what has been going on as far as the offensive side of things? It's just really struggled for the Wild to get the puck in the net. And is there any magic left? They did get three goals last night, but still, they're just not able to get enough. And offensively, they've struggled. Yeah, they, they can't score five on five right now. Um, I think they were third in the league last year, five-on-five scoring. Um, I, I, you can check my math, but I, at entering last night, they were number 28 in the league. So that dip has been significant. Um, and that's why I think the Harbin goal was so big, because these guys were grinding. They understand how much they're struggling five-on-five. Um, I, I can't put my finger on why they are struggling. Like, I guess if you take away Kevin Fiala and his 85 points, like that kind of just makes sense that you're going to lose some scoring. Uh, but they're getting looks, and they're not hitting the net. They're not converting. So, you know, you would think at some point their luck's going to turn. 
Um, but I, you know, they might just be a team that's not very good at five on five this year, um, which is a little confounding how good they were five on five last year. Yeah. We don't check math on this show, Dane, so you're good. I appreciate it. Dane Mitchizani is joining us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline talking a little wild hockey. Dane, I was at the game on Thursday night in the loss to Vegas, and when I saw Mark andre Fleury take his stick, smash it against the goal, and chuck it, I thought, oh, boy, this he's, he's rattled, and then sure enough, he doesn't come out in the third period. Philip Gustafson has been incredible. He was great last night. Um, he's allowed, what, two goals or fewer in the last 14 of his 20 starts. He, he's been way better, I think, than, than they expected. Now you've got Florida and Colorado coming in this week. Is it Gus on Monday, or do you go back and give Marc-Andre Fleury another chance, or do you just keep riding Gustafson? I will tell you that watching both of them, in terms of, of confidence and in the way they play, Philip Gustafson just looks more confident right now. He was outstanding last night in the overtime and in the shootout and in the whole game. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if they go Gus on Monday. Uh, he's been spectacular. Um, I, I think when Billy made that trade, Cam Talbot for Philip Gustafson this offseason, a lot of people were like, who the heck is Philip Gustafson? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's really, really bad proved everyone I don't even know if he's proved it wrong but he's just proved who he is um, and then he said it um, playing for the auto senators a team that was outwardly trying to lose wasn't an easy thing for a young goalie uh, now he's playing in front of a group that is very very consistent defensively night in night out um, and then he just exudes a lot of calm between the pipes so uh, yeah I, I think he's been really really good I think it's a little unfortunate that when, you know, a goalie is performing well, with like the inherent thing is to try and compare him to the other goalie. So, right. you know, like, yes, I think Gustafson has been really good. I think Flurry's been good too. And, and yeah. I know people are going to look at that game the other night, the 5-1. Uh, he should have stopped a lot of those shots, but the Wild played porously. The defense in front of him was not good either. Absolutely. No, I agree it, with you 100%. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's hard, but it's also hard to argue that that Gus hasn't been just absolutely spectacular this year. So, wouldn't be shocked at all if they go with him. I I worry more about where Mark Andre's Fleury's heads at. I think I guess that's what I'm asking is it's not in terms of skill because Mark Andre Fleury's a Hall of Famer, right? But but he looked frustrated, and when you're playing goalie at that at that position, it's tough not. It's tough when a goalie feels that, right? I mean, you just have to you have to be able to compartmentalize each score, and that and watching him throw a stick and getting that frustrated made me realize, okay, he's not. This is compounding, and that's a problem. Yeah, I mean, he he admitted that after the game. Like, uh, kind of goes back to what you were saying about how these guys are, are humans, not robots. Like, mm-hmm. Mark Andre Fleury has always been someone who wears his emotions on his sleeve, and sometimes to a fault. And and he admitted, like, look, I shouldn't have thrown that stick. That was unacceptable. He also said, I understand why Dean Everson took me out to start the third period. I, I, I have to calm down there, and I did not. So he, he gets it. Um, I don't know if this is something that will linger. Like, he's been in the league for so long that right. I think he, even if he's not able to compartmentalize shift to shift, I think he is he's more than capable of compartmentalizing game to game. So, uh, you know, frankly, as good as Gustafson's been, 
like the Wild are going to need both. Um, their scoring just isn't where it's at. So they're going to need really, really good defensive play and really, really good goaltending uh, for the rest of the year. Dane, would you say we're almost expecting too much from Andre Fleury at this point in time at 38 years old, or or is he expecting too much from himself as well? Um, you know, I, I think he holds himself to a high standard, and I, I think it's fair for him to do that. He's He's been still pretty, pretty good this year. I, I think the biggest thing with Marc-Andre Fleury is that he plays like this old-school style of goaltending where he is flailing around the net. Like, he does get himself out of position. And and because of that, he's diving across the crease, making glove save, or, you know, using his paddle to, to knock a puck wide. It's not as calm and it's not as calm looking as Philip Gustafson. So I think some people can look at that and say, like, this guy, maybe he's not what he used to be. And and maybe there is some truth to that because he's not as athletic as he used to be, but he, he works extremely hard and he holds himself to a high standard. So, uh, you know, I think – at this point, he is kind of who he is, but he's still a very, very good goalie. Dane Minazani joining us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Uh, looks like so now Florida comes in. Florida's been a weird team this year, haven't they? I mean, like, how do you really uh, uh, pick and handicap what they've done? Because they're they're good and they're awful, and they're good and they're awful. Like, how do you even look at this team? Yeah, they're hard, they're hard to figure out because they were so good last year, too. Um, don't have a good pulse on them, and I don't think really anyone does. So <laughs> who knows what's coming in on, on Monday. Yeah. But I do know that whoever, whatever team comes in, uh, the Wild can't worry about that. They played yeah. as clean of a game as I've seen them play in a couple of weeks last night. And yep. regardless of who the opponent is, they have to stick to that game plan moving forward. That's how they're going to win games um, the rest yeah. of the way. Dane, thanks so much. Appreciate your time as always. We'll see you at the ring soon, okay? Thanks, buddy. Yep. Thanks, Dane. No problem. Anytime, guys. All right, let's step aside real quick, come back. We'll talk a little more Vikings football and Super Bowl on the backside of the break. You listen to the Huddle on A30, WCCO. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. I'm sorry, we have one last request. Who? 
I'm sorry, Kelly. I just wanted to sing one quick tribute song to Tom Brady on behalf of all the other quarterbacks in our league. All right, shot by like a okay? diamond. Okay, okay. Tom's won seven times, went to ten. He's on some beach, so maybe Kirk could win. Wait, you can really sing. Yeah, yeah. Since he's been gone. Wait, hold on, hold on. First oh of all, my you gosh. Can really all right, all right. That's good. That's good. Kirk Cousins, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for that, Josh. Kirk Cousins singing Since You've Been Gone. This week. Now, I don't know if I'd go as far as Kelly Clarkson saying, Kirk, you can really sing. But, uh, and I also don't think that, that um, just because Tom Brady's gone, he's going to win. But I will say this uh, Kirk Cousins uh, won me, and he's won me anyway, but like the, the, the you know what the chutzpah, as my dad would call it, the gumption to get up there and do that in front of all your peers in the NFL with your chains on and having so like I am here for this Kirk Cousins and I like it. I am okay with it. I, I give he has a lot of respect for me for doing that. You, uh, Pete, did you like the singing? I thought, well, I'm not so sure what I thought about the singing, but I know he's got a background. <laughs> he's got a background in singing. But, uh, you know, you got to like the fact that Kirk has actually changed his image over the last couple of years. Yes. And it's, it's not as stuffy as it once was. People are starting to see who he kind of really is, I guess. And I love that side of him. And, you know, Kelly Clarkson, she, she, she sits on the voice, so she knows a good voice. So I, I can't really say. But <laughs> well, she's not going to say he's awful when he's right out there, right? Like, how would that go? Oh, hey, yikes, um, Kirk. That was worse than a that was worse than a three yard pass on a third and seven. You know, I, no, I mean, no, nothing's worse than that. <laughs> yeah, that well, we can agree thing. on that. Yeah, we I can agree that. on that, that friend. Was, that was a huge mistake. That was uh, that, that was the yes, wrong thing. Yes. But, but you know, Kirk um, is different, and it's and it's fun, and, and you know, he's. I think that the NFL is starting to see him differently than they once did mm-hmm. as well. Not just Minnesota, but the entire NFL, and. Yep. You know what? Like him or not like him, that you still can't argue about his year and what he did and what mm-hmm. he did under pressure and all of the things that you and I, I think, throughout the season tried to point out. Hey, this is the deep. You know, it was about halfway through the season that people finally started to recognize what we talked about, which is, hey, look, it's the defense. This is yeah. not about the offense having issues. Yeah. It yeah. was the defense. And, well, and now it, everybody's yep. like, well, the, the defense needs help. It's like, yeah, well. Yes, you're right. <laughs> well, that's just a perfect segue, Pete, into what I want to talk about really quick in this next segment about the Vikings hiring Brian Flores this week as the new defensive coordinator, um, I, I, which I love the decision. We talked about this a little bit last week. I love the decision with the caveat that it does nothing unless they actually change members of this defense. It, it's, yeah. it's, you can change schemes. That's fine. But it's still the same group of players other than, you know, they're going to have to move some guys around. But what? How do the Vikings set Brian Flores up to be successful? Because they simply cannot say, "Hey, here's exactly what we rolled out there last year, Brian. Uh, yeah. You make it good now, okay? Uh, because mm-hmm. that it's it's not gonna, and that's not gonna work. So no. they have to do something. Do they have to make some personnel changes uh, on your wish list? If if I'm telling you, all right. Pete, you're Brian Flores. We just gave you the contract and you signed the dotted yeah. line. What's on your wish list? What's number one that has to happen? Yep, and hopefully he had these discussions, by the way, with the team about this or he shouldn't have taken the job because yes. he needs to have the players that he needs to have with the defense that he wants to run. And, 
he does a bit of a hybrid defense, and that's what I do like about uh, Brian is that he'll do a 3-4 with a 4-3 sort of a, you know, so it's it's not just one. He kind of does a bit of a hybrid, and I, I do like that. But they've got to figure out that those those defensive ends that they've got are defensive ends and not linebackers, and I think that Brian will see that almost immediately if he watches any of the film at all. Danell Hunter is great, but he's not good going backwards. He's good going forwards. Yep. And Zedarius, kind of the same thing. So if they're able to do that, if I were him as well, I, I like our, our, our big guys in the middle, but we need somebody who gets a lot more penetration getting back towards the quarterback from the middle because we can get it from the outside and we can get that kind of a rush. And I'm not saying we could be the Philadelphia Eagles with 70 sacks, but I think we could be a team that actually can threaten people with the sacks. And with that, that helps out the secondary that's very old in certain spots. Harrison Smith, Patrick Peterson, they're great. They still can play at a high level. I don't say that they're over the hill, but they're a little bit older, a little bit slower. We all know that. It happens to all of us. And I think also in the linebackers, do you keep these two linebackers that weigh about 215 pounds? I mean, I, yeah. and, 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 and the salaries are, are high. So I think those are the kinds of things that I think Brian Flores is going to come in and wants to be able to change. And I think there could be some trades, and we might be one of the more aggressive teams with some of the trades that we we try to execute on the defensive side of the ball. You know, as as I'm watching the Super Bowl and I'm looking at these two teams this week, and the, the Eagles and the Chiefs, and then I compare them to the Vikings, and, and this is yeah. where I'm going with this is this idea that maybe a piece here, maybe a piece there, the competitive rebuild, uh, as they like to call it. But when you look at the Eagles and the Chiefs, they have completely stripped down their roster so many times and yep. built it back up. The Eagles in particular, right? I mean, that, that roster is very different from the one that played in the Super Bowl a few years ago. And mm-hmm. so it, it makes me wonder it, it, if that's now like, is that the new model in the NFL? Do you have <laughs> to completely knock down all the dominoes before you can build them back up and win again or at least be competitive in winning? Because as the Vikings have tried these competitive rebuilds, and some of that is because of the way their contracts are, there's nothing you can do about it. But as they've tried these, it's still the same result. It's still just barely making the playoffs or making the playoffs and getting run out of there in the first round. So, I mean, can they ever be really competitive without, as you said, maybe it's not one linebacker too. Maybe it's the whole linebacking core. Maybe it's getting, you know, the whole secondary if you can do it in drafting again. I, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is to that, but. The, the frustration as a, as a Vikings viewer is that I look at these teams that were able to completely rebuild and you know strip down for the most part. Now, these, they all have franchise quarterbacks, and that's a big yep. difference, although I, I think Kurt is there. Um, yep. it, it just makes me wonder what the right way is to build a winner anymore in the NFL. Well, I do think it starts on the offensive side. It does start a quarterback, most important position. We all talk about that all the time, but it is true. It's not just cliche, but – you look at the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, they're they're much more like the Vikings than if you look over at the Philadelphia Eagles. The Philadelphia Eagles, that defense is unbelievable, right? And and we're not anywhere close because we're unbelievably right. bad. But but I think that the reality is, if you look at that offense for the Kansas City Chiefs, they're number one in just about every category. So they are amazing. They they they've got players, and they get lucky once in a while. And I, I shouldn't say lucky, but it is a little luck. They get this guy that we were just talking about, Pacheco, who's you know, one of the last picks in the entire draft, and he plays extremely yep. well. And and he fits into their offense. And you've got a great tight end, and you've got some good receivers onto the outside that actually stretch things. 
So all of that with Patrick Mahomes is great, and they have a pretty average defense. <laughs> Their defense yeah. isn't great, but they, they, the problem is with us, our, our defense isn't even close to average. We're so below average that that is where the issue is. I mean, I would, I would say this. How many people in the, that, that are big fans can name me more than one player on the defense of the Kansas City Chiefs? And my, my <laughs> guess would be <laughs> that I'd be pretty close to right that very few yeah. could name anybody on their defense. And, yeah. and that's not to criticize them, but they're very average. And they, they do a lot of things pretty well, but – they're, they're not great. They don't force a lot of you know turnover. They don't do a lot of the things that you see out of Philadelphia, but, but they're good. They're really good, and, 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 you know, in, the, in the middle part of the NFL. But the offense is unbelievable. So that's the difference, and that's what the Vikings, yeah. I think, should use as their model going forward. We'll talk about predictions for the Super Bowl here uh, in our next segment, Pete, as we, as we finish off our day here today. But coming up next, I'd like to talk about a very hot topic to Pete and myself, yeah. load management in the NBA. Welcome back. Final segment of the huddle on a Sunday morning. We're getting a text to the Cities One Plumbing Talk and Text Line. Uh, favorite Super Bowl was January of 1969 when the Jets upset the Baltimore Colts. It was very unexpected by most people who were in the know in sports at the time. Uh, love that. Looking forward to the Super Bowl tonight. I think 5.30, 5.40 is the kickoff. But before that, there is a slate of uh, some, I believe there's some NBA games this afternoon. I'm sure that there is. But who will be playing in those games? Load management is now something that has become uh, very popular in the NBA. The ruling, Pete, I was actually looking it up earlier, that load management rules for national TV games you're not permitted to rest healthy players during the broadcast on national TV. But basically, it's a program in which NBA players and teams don't have to play always. Uh, I think it's just back-to-backs. Uh, they can take time off. When the when the Timberwolves beat Denver, basically, they were most of the roster was on load management, I think, that night or injured. And they, and they beat the Nuggets. Uh, I don't like it, Pete. And I know you don't either. It, it's for a lot of reasons. But what's... Uh, why does this stick in your craw? Well, you know, I've, I've been extremely critical of Roger Goodell uh, for a lot of different reasons and what they need to do to improve the NFL. Now, he could point to the ratings and say, well, Nigerian, you know what? Uh, you're wrong. But uh, I don't think <laughs> that's the case. I think, I think things start to get after people after a little while. And Adam Silver, I think, is, is kind of becoming a little bit like Roger Goodell in terms of he's just turning a blind eye to something that he shouldn't. And, and the problem with this load management is this. It, it, think of this, Dave, you, you work your tail off to do all the things that you would do in your life and everything, and you want to bring your kids, and maybe it's only going to be once a year, and you bring them to a Timberwolves game. Yep. And you get there, and they're going to be playing against the, the Lakers. And, and you're so excited because it's going to be LeBron James and all of what the Lakers bring. And, you know, you've got all the guys on the Timberwolves that you might have wanted to see as well. Well, what if four or five or three or four of the guys are sitting the bench for load management? I mean, it, mm -hmm. you've already bought your tickets and you're spending mm -hmm. thousands of dollars with the whole thing. Oh, and even worse, let's say you come in from North, North Dakota and maybe you flew down or maybe you drove five hours or whatever the case may be. And yep. you know nobody's hurt, but suddenly you've got all these guys that are uh, sitting out the game. 
And David Stern was much better about this. If you go back a decade ago, he, he fined Popovich and uh, back then, and, and, and it was yep. San Antonio, $250,000 because they sat a bunch of players. The Nets this past yep. year in December, they, the Adam Silver fined them $25,000. Now, this <laughs> a decade later, these players are making multiples on what they were it's making. It's a quarter to them. <laughs> and, 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 and they dropped the level of, well, it's not that big a deal. I, there's not an NBA team in the country that wouldn't want to just say, you know what, I'll write that check right now. I'll do that. I'll do that. Sure. By the way, and, and compare it to Michael Jordan, who, by the way, nine straight years, 82 games he played. Yep. That's how many he they played. He played with the flu. I remember he, he had, a, he had a, a temperature of 105 and he dropped 55 on the Knicks. Yep, I remember that one well. And, yeah. and, and, and he also might have had a little fun with the flu, too. But, but yeah. <laughs> you know, when, he was, when he was 40 years old, he played 82 games for Washington. Yep. I, you know, yep. that's who he was because he understood that the guys paying those ticket prices need to have these guys on the court. And, and you yep. know what? That's the way it should be considered. And I can't stand the fact that they are not trying to take care of the fans. And at some point... Uh- that's yep. going to bite them, I think. It is. I agree. And and yeah. l- listen, I'll use the NHL as an example. Look at the NHL. Same amount of games, right? 82 games in a season. Uh, the yeah. Wild played a back-to-back this week. They they played uh, – where were they? They were, they were in Arizona, I think, and then it was – no, Dallas, excuse me. They were in Dallas and then had to come back and play Vegas the next night. Yeah. And, and I've talked about this with, with friends of mine who, who say, you know what, this idea that these back-to-backs are so are so difficult, I mean, think about it. They leave Dallas at ten thirty. They're they're home. You know, they go right to the airport. The airport, the, the plane goes right to their car. Basically, they're not going through TSA. Mm-hmm. They right. have, you know, very comfortable seats. Now, the travel is difficult. So, I, and I, I get that. You know, a, a, a back to back with a home away at home. That's a little bit mm-hmm. tougher. But you know what? They play eighty two games in the NHL. They don't have load management. Those guys are playing the next night, and yeah. physically. I would argue hockey is slightly more physical than basketball. Maybe a Far little bit, you know, yeah, it's a lot more physical. You know, mm-hmm. Major mm-hmm. League Baseball, they don't necessarily have load management rules. You know, you had the Joe Maurer rule where he didn't necessarily play the, what is it, the day game after a night game or doubleheader. Yeah, he had his own rules. But he played catcher. Mm-hmm. Like that's a different, there, yeah. there's just a different amount that goes into that. So I, I'm with you 100% and, and you're correct. The reason why this needs to be there is because people it's your fan base. And then yep. let's not forget that professional sports, although it's very much about making money for these entities, it's also about being there for the fans. This is an entertainment uh, yep. event, and you are mm-hmm. there to provide entertainment for your fans. If you are not putting in three or four of your guys in that lineup because of load management, I agree, Pete. It's a problem. Yeah. It's a problem. Yeah. Well, no load management for us, buddy. I'll see you next Sunday, okay? We'll be here. Look forward to it. It'll be great. All right. Everybody, have a great week. Josh, thanks for being in the seat today. Absolutely. We'll see you all next week, everybody. Have a great week. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The Step Back 3. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh.